Hello, church family. Um, we are doing our study this week in Nehemiah chapter 2. And if you recall I, uh, how I started yesterday's devotional, was on do you want, do you expect God to do great things? And if that's you, if you expect God to do great things in your life, how can we be part of this? And, um, and we're going to see in Nehemiah chapter 2 how, it, how it's shown through the life of Nehemiah. And the first point that I wanted to share with all of us is that if you want to be uh, if you want to be used by God in a great way, if you if you expect if you want to expect great things from God, then the first thing you must do is seize the opportunity. You must seize the opportunity that's presented before you. And we see this in the first uh, few verses, the first three verses in Nehemiah chapter two, and I'm going to just go over it and explain some principles here. So Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. And it came about in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, that wine was before him. And I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been sad in his presence. So the king said to me, Why is your face sad, though you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very much afraid. And you recall yesterday I said that, uh, just kind of explain the story, was that the, the Nehemiah was again, praying for four months, and at, at some point, for some reason, after this uh, long duration of time, he just showed outward remorse and sadness, and the king noticed. He knows that the he's not sick or dying, or otherwise that, that means there's something wrong with the wine, but he just noticed, uh, just because he has a close relationship with him, that there's something wrong, a sadness of heart, or he's just he just seems depressed. And uh, this brought a fear to Nehemiah, because uh, he is fear in the sense that he, he knows that the king can see through him, and at the same time, he can also discern that this is God providing the opportunity that he was looking for. Verse 3, I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tomb, lies desolate and its gates have been consumed by fire? Nehemiah, when he's thinking about trying to help rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, Really, the only obstacle in his life right now is the king that he serves. Uh, you remember the king uh, had these uh, opposition uh, from the Samaritans that said that you don't want to give the Jews the opportunity to rebuild because they're just going to rebel against you. So then Artaxerxes gave a, a decree that the Jews must cease from working. Now, at this point, he asks. He, he's afraid that, like, oh, he, he doesn't want to undermine the king, but he knows that the only person that can give him access and ability to do uh, this task of rebuilding the wall is if the king gives him permission. So uh, Artaxerxes, he asks Artaxerxes, and Artaxerxes uh, gives him what he wants. Artaxerxes trusts in Nehemiah. Nehemiah um, trusts in the Lord, um, and, our, and, the, and he trusts that the Lord is going to work through whatever means is possible uh, so that this wall can be completed. And he was waiting for the right moment. Um, and uh, people uh, would sometimes uh, get killed because there's a fear that the uh, conduct of th or, or the request is, uh, is, 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 it can be interpreted as betrayal. And, that, and this, I'm talking about the cupbearer here. So that's why Nehemiah is also afraid. He doesn't want his request to be uh, something that would be detrimental to the king. And this is why in uh, verse Four, or verse, um, verse 4 is that the king said to me, what would you request? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, if it please the king, and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tomb, that I may build it, uh, that I may rebuild it. And, uh, 
and then he, he, he's, he's, he's asking the king, uh, but he's waiting this whole time. And Psalm 37, verse 7 tells us this, But be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Do not be agitated by the one who prospers in his way, but the man who carries by the man who carries out your plan. So uh, even in the Psalms here, it's telling us that we need to trust the Lord and not to be worried about those who are against you or against the Lord. It seems like they're prospering. How come I can't? Um, things that I want to do or things that I want to do for the Lord, why aren't they prospering? But yet, Psalms here, and we can see even the evidence of life in Nehemiah, that you need to learn to wait in the Lord. Waiting in the Lord requires faith. And there's a balance between waiting on God and waiting um, and waiting on Him with patience versus waiting with, waiting on God with no trust in the Lord. Do you see the difference? There's one between waiting on the Lord about being faithful, while, that's, uh, while on the other end there's people that are waiting on God, but not actually trusting in God. And the difference is that waiting on God while trusting the Lord, you're actually waiting for the opportunity, the right time to do what's pleasing the Lord. Whereas the other one, where you're waiting on God without trusting God, you are essentially not doing anything. You're not trying to figure out a way or, or praying or even doing anything that would, would, would advance the uh, thing that you're praying about. And part of worship in our life is waiting. Um, trust, uh, faith, and, and patience in the Lord it requires faith, um, and and the part of how we can redeem our time while we wait is to is to pray, is to continue to plan at times and and uh, and to make um, be intentional with the time that God has given us uh, before we before the opportunity comes, and we have to trust that God is doing something behind the scenes, uh, especially if we're not aware of it. Uh, if there's nothing you can do, uh, then. If there's nothing you can do about it, you just have to wait. And um, remember, Nehemiah here waited for four months. He was praying fervently. He was fasting. He was uh, making intercessions to the Lord. He was confessing his sins. He was just keep praying and praying and praying. And now, in the beginning of chapter 2, he, sees these, the, see, he seizes the moment. He seizes opportunity. He goes for it. For us, the principle for us is that we need to be proactive while trusting in the Lord. And what and the question that I have for all of us is in what ways are you preparing life in this COVID situation? Uh, in our time where we're separated from one another, uh, how are you doing your spiritual life? What are the things that you're preparing in your walk privately so that you can serve the church uh, publicly again? Um, the godliest people are people who study and meditate God's Word not only on Sunday and Fridays. They're the ones that are constantly preparing on their own time. They're making time to pray. They're making time to read. They're making time to meditate on God's Word. And this also transcends into our practical life as well. When you think about your degrees or your jobs, if you're looking for a job, what are you doing to try to make sure that you can uh, have better chances when you get an interview? You know, are you studying on how to conduct yourself? Are you studying on the material that um, on, on your field you just so you could get better at it? Nehemiah here got this advantage because he was faithful at his work. In a spiritual sense, he was trusting the Lord that um, the Lord would give him an opportunity to do this amazing task of rebuilding the wall. But in the meantime, during these four months, he wasn't just fasting and praying and not doing anything. He was still the cupbearer. He was faithfully doing the task that the Lord has entrusted him with. And when the opportunity for him to come, uh, he, he, he acted on it. God uses people who are active. And there's no... Um, and if you look at just church history, there's no famous Christians that are lazy. All famous Christians that we see in church history, all the people that are um, that we see as heroes of faith, these aren't people that are passive about their life. They're active. They they see a situation, they see a problem, and they go for it. 
Uh, these are people who, who aren't just waiting around to see things happen. Um, the, the greatest evangelist, like George Whitfield, he went out and started preaching in the field. Um, one of the greatest uh, mercy ministry people, um, John Wesley, uh, he just went out printing um, gospel tracts for the homeless. They just saw a need, and then they went for it. Spurgeon had an orphanage, same with Woodfield. They both um, uh, saw the, the, the needs of these children, and then they just raised money, they act, uh, and they just kept preaching and kept doing all that they can to, to build orphanages. And it's the same thing for us. If you want to be used uh, greatly by the Lord, uh, you can't just sit around and just uh, pray all, all the time. That's an important component that you should do in your private life, but you should also... Um, be acting on it. You know, what are the practical steps in your life that you want to do to achieve the things that the Lord has placed in your heart? If you want to do certain ministry, saying that you want a ministry is not going to make the ministry come to light. You need to you need to evaluate the situation in the church and think about how I can uh, be a, um, a good instrument of the Lord to benefit the church, to build up the body, to edify the saints. And then you and you think about practicals and then you go for it. Um, other people, if you talk about your job, yeah, yeah, you can't just sit there and then expect someone to call you and say, hey, can you work for me? No, you have to uh, apply, you have to like write a res you have to you make a resume, you have to send those things out. You want to ask for wise counsel on how to um, conduct yourself an interview or, or talk to people in this field so you can have a better grasp of the subject matter. Whatever it may be in life, whatever the Lord has placed and desire in your life, whether it's from a family to a work, a career, ministry, whatever it is, if the Lord has placed a desire in your heart, you need to go beyond just keep uh, beyond just saying you want to do something and actually go and seize the opportunity to do it. And that's how the Lord will use you. The Lord will use those that are active um, in, in life. Um, my old mentor once told me that the Lord does not steer a parked car. And, that, and that's true. You can't expect to be used by God if all you do is sit around and just uh, waste your time. You need to be an active worker in the kingdom of God, both inside the church and outside. You need to be a doer of God's word, and you need to do things in life. Don't just sit around and waste your time. That's how uh, the way that we redeem our time. We pray, we think, and then we act. And, um, and that's what Nehemiah did. He prayed for four months. He was just faithfully doing his job as a cupbearer. And then the opportunity came and he requested, he made a request to the king to go do great things for the Lord. So uh, the lesson for, for us today is that you need to do your part in God's kingdom. Uh, or you need to just act. Basically, like if you want to be used by God, you need to start doing things for God. You can't expect the Lord to do anything in your life if you're not doing things for the Lord. So look at your life. Look at your life and see what areas, what things that do you want to achieve in your life. If you want to do those things, you need to act actively pursue it. Uh, pray, ask the Lord uh, for wisdom, ask, godly, uh, ask for godly counsel, and then act on it. Whatever that field may be, go for it. Um, because the Lord is going to give give gave us this life and as he's given us this life we need to be a good steward of it and i hope that uh this first lesson here and today that if you want to be used by god well you need to seize the opportunity tomorrow we're going to look at a, a, a second way in which the lord can use you mightily and is that is uh, you need to be wise in your planning wise in planning and we'll see that uh tomorrow in chapter 2 verse 4 to 10 I hope that today's message and devotional will be is will be helpful for you. Uh, have a good day.